You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 134 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today, my friend? Good afternoon, sir. I, I I shouldn't be so so polite and cheery to you today because we're yeah. bitter we're bitter competitors uh, in fantasy yeah. semifinals. We'll talk about that. You know, yeah. we'll, that third I mean, segment we, we'll talk about that. We, we we have to keep things a little bit civil between us, considering true, that we true. host a podcast together. It can't be like me and Amy Johnson going at each other's throats. <laughs> like we have to be a little bit a little bit civil about That's this. True. So That's true. That's true. It's been a, it's been a good matchup, as we as you said, we're going to talk about it in the third segment. It's been a very competitive matchup, and uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to talk about. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And semifinals, it's semifinals. It's going to be great. And a busy day today in the sports world. Very busy. Yes. Um, NFL draft, which I'm sure you're following. Day three of the yeah. NFL draft. It's the 86th round or whatever it is that they. Um, they, it seems to go on a while. My my Vikings yeah. on Thursday night in the first round, uh, Rick Spielman, the general manager, as he is wont to do, uh, traded back. He's, yes. he's very, very good at at, uh, at always trading back. And 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 if you want to draft at, at the end of the draft, if you want to pick at the end of the draft, just put a better team on the field, and then you'll pick right near the end. You know, that's my... Yeah. Uh, he doesn't seem to follow he that philosophy. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> but yes, uh, there's hockey news for us to talk about. There's yep. there's the NFL draft continuing. Today is the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. And wow. I'm sure that um, you've got your trifecta all set up for that. And so, yeah, just lots of sports going on today. Yeah, and Rick, basketball season, uh, it won't be around forever. So it's important for our listeners to know that they can get in on all of the action now with mm-hmm. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. 
Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. You just pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, every steal, every assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. And baseball fans, another sport uh, going on right now. My Blue Jays doing a little, uh, having a having a good game last night against uh-huh. the Atlanta Braves. You may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app right now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. But yes, Rick, quite a week in, in professional sports, quite a day in mm-hmm. professional sports, and certainly a lot to get in on uh, with DraftKings. Uh, but Rick, as we said, uh, THPN, the Hockey Podcast Hockey Network. Hockey Podcast which, Network, yeah. Yes. Proud affiliate. We are proud affiliate. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> and 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 listen, we got a, um, a new... Uh, contest running with DraftKings and with the Hockey Podcast Network uh, where you could win a jersey. Uh, If you're on Twitter, um, the contest is running, well, it started uh, with Friday night's game, continuing through Saturday night's game and Monday's game. uh, And we're going to tell you about that in the third segment as well. Yes, that's coming up in the third segment, as is our uh, discussion of our battle in uh, fantasy Mm -hmm. hockey. Um, In the second segment, we're going to have a discussion. It's going to be a very interesting conversation about the dilemma that's currently facing Montreal Canadiens fans and perhaps the negative effects of the Habs' success. Uh, So we're going to get to that discussion in the second segment. It's going to be very interesting. So that's coming up later on in the show. Uh, As for now, Rick, uh, we will start with the week that was for the Montreal Canadiens. And it, it started in Calgary because we remember last week's episode was after the Friday night loss in Calgary. So they went back at it on Saturday night. The Canadians lose that one five to two. It was three to two entering the third, but the Flames put it away on route to a five two win for the Flames. And of course, that taking the first two games of that three game set, it, it seemed like Calgary had all the momentum uh, at that point in time. But the Canadians, they rebounded with a 2-1 win over those same Calgary Flames to take the uh, the rubber match, to take, well, the third, not exactly the rubber match, but the third of that three-game set. And uh, Shea Weber got the Habs on the board. Toffoli scored the game-winning goal, his 25th goal of the season at that point, the game winner uh, for a 2-1 win, a very important 2-1 win over the Calgary Flames. The Canadians follow that up with a 4-1 loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs scored two in the first, and it was a relatively easy night for the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday. Uh, Nick Suzuki scored the lone goal for the Habs. And then last night, another Friday night game. We've seen a lot of those recently. (laughs) A 5-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. And the Canadians battled back in that one and got some big performances uh, from some unsung heroes, as you noted 
in your recap of last night's game. Arturi Lekkinen had a great night. Jake Evans, Yoel Armia, uh, Nick Suzuki, of course. He's been playing very well lately, uh, all having some some big nights for the Montreal Canadiens. And as I said, Rick, you wrote the recap for last night's game and the three games before that as well as you have for every game this season. <laughs> they are up at allhabs.net for our listeners to check out for comprehensive post-game reviews. And what have you been writing at allhabs.net, I've been writing my weekly column, The Three Stars of the Week. Great and column. last week, I uh, thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> last week, I went with Josh Anderson. And, uh, you know, it was it was a difficult week to choose three stars because the Canadians did not leave me much to go off of. Uh, but I ultimately went with Tyler Toffoli, Shea Weber, and Josh Anderson as my three stars. And last night, it was interesting because we were having the conversation, and we've had it for most of this year where we've talked about the expansion of the leadership group for the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens and how Corey Perry and Josh Anderson have entered that that group. And we've seen with Paul Byron and, and last night Shea Weber, we're going to be getting to some of the injury news and notes uh, in, in just a few moments. But uh, with those guys out of the lineup, I'm always interested to see who takes the next step, who is the who's wearing a letter that typically wouldn't be, and Brendan Gallagher out as well, of course. Um, so it's always interesting to see who is the next in the pecking order. And it seems two new guys, Josh Anderson and and Corey Perry have established themselves firmly as leaders within that room. And so obviously, and, and given the fact that in that week, uh, Josh Anderson in that game against the Oilers, the lone Canadians win, picked up two goals. He was physical in that Calgary series battling with Mark Giordano for the first game. You know, he was just all over the place and it's what we've come to expect from Josh Anderson. So um, and and what made it all the more interesting was in that week, you saw Max Domi in Columbus be a healthy scratch a couple of times. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's interesting to see the way that this trade has evolved mm-hmm. at a point in, at the beginning where everyone was wondering, OK, what are the Montreal Canadiens doing here? And Josh Anderson has become an integral part of the Montreal Canadiens at this point. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked before the season began, you and I kind of uh, talked about uh, who we, we thought might be impact players. Um, and we, we settled on uh, Tyler Toffoli and, and Josh Anderson. And, and, you know, they've both lived up to uh, th- those honors that we bestowed upon them then. And, and I said at the time, I think you were the one that picked Josh Anderson. And I said, yeah. if Josh Anderson stays healthy, uh, he's going to be the the impact player, and that was always the question in that trade. Yes, he hadn't stayed healthy in in Columbus, which is the reason he was on the block. Um, and uh, he had, for the most part, um, he's had some ins and outs, but but he has stayed healthy and been uh, uh, one of those players. And again, as you said, we tagged for kind of uh, playing a leadership role and rewarded uh, on Friday night uh, uh, by wearing the A. Yeah, absolutely. And looking back on that, yeah, the two impact players, I mean, you can't argue. I mean, they've been Tyler Toffoli. They've been, for the newcomers at at least, and I mean, even in the wider conversation of who's been the most impactful Montreal Canadian, you could probably have Toffoli and Anderson right at the the top of your list. But yeah, it's been a very interesting season. It's been um, obviously a little bit up and down. And and Rick, we just looked at it from the week that was for the Montreal Canadiens alternating losses and wins that dreaded win one lose one uh bit of a, a business that the canadians are in right now is is not 
where you'd like to be, but uh, you have guys that are doing everything in their power to try to will the Canadians forward. Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, two guys that have been doing that. Um, but Rick, we should talk about some roster news here because unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, there there could be more guys like Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli willing the Canadians forward. Unfortunately, the Canadians at this point in time have some bodies, some very key bodies out of the lineup. Uh, we'll, we'll begin with Shea Weber, uh, the captain, Shea Weber. Um, he is he did not play last night in that win against the Winnipeg Jets, which made the win all the more impressive. The Canadians did it without their captain and their leader. Um, and he's not going to play tonight. He's got an upper body injury. Canadians are waiting for test results uh, on that upper body in- injury from Shea Weber. Dominic Ducharme said um, a, a couple of the, the, the players had, had acknowledged that uh, their Man Mountain captain had been uh, playing with injuries uh, and then uh, and and uh, said that he doesn't like to sit out games, so it finally had to uh, be excused for, for Friday night's game. And it was Dom Ducharme that said his injury, didn't want to be specific about the injury that uh, he had suffered, but that it occurred at the beginning of that um, series in Alberta. Uh, some speculating that uh, might have been the exchange with Cassie. And we, we don't we don't know and, and won't speculate. Uh, but uh, so it's unlikely that he's going to play against the Ottawa Senators, uh, but the Canadians awaiting w- uh, test results. Yeah, so that is a big loss for the Canadians, even for a game, even for a couple games to not have Shea Weber. That's a huge blow for this team who obviously need Shea Weber on the back end to eat up those minutes, but also that's their guy. That's the guy that they follow into battle every night. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a huge loss there. In addition to that, so as I mentioned, Paul Byron also not in the lineup, as well as Thomas Tatar. So a little bit of a bite taken out of the Canadians forward group as well. That's right. And and uh, it's it's given opportunities for the Canadians to uh, to to adjust the lines, to bring other people in. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously both are, are missed and, and, and uh, you know, Byron uh, plays uh, maybe a quieter leadership role, but uh, sports the A on a, on a, on a regular basis. So um, it's, it's been a, uh, the, the forward group has been impacted as well as the defense. Absolutely. And, well, we're going to have a conversation about goaltending now. We'll cover all the bases because uh, <laughs> Carey Price, uh, he continues to recover from a concussion, uh, but he, he may return to the ice in the coming days. So that is some good news on the Carey Price front. There was test results that came back, and and Dominic Charm said, uh, again, as he, he said in the past, that uh, you never know with concussions, especially a concussion uh, uh, Carey Price has had multiple concussions, uh, but everything is is trending in the right uh, direction so that uh, he may be back uh, on the ice uh, soon. Um, and let's hope that's the case. Absolutely. And the Canadians could certainly use to have Carey Price back between the pipes uh, as soon as possible. Uh other than that, you have uh, Brendan Gallagher, who has also, he's started skating. So he's been dealing, of course, with the with the hand injury. Uh, he's back on, on the ice. Uh, he started skating on his own this week. Uh, a couple of, of uh, days he's been on the ice skating. The cast is off uh, the thumb. Yes. So that's yeah. good news. He hasn't um, handled the puck at all. 
Um, he's just uh, he's going through some skating girls, and so there's it, it doesn't mean that he's back anytime soon. Dominic Ducharme said the timeline is still the same. He's still yeah. uh, scheduled to miss um, uh, the regular season, but uh, will hopefully be back uh, when the playoffs uh, begin. Um, and and a couple of, um, just a couple other names uh, while we're talking about it, and that is. Uh, we had talked about goaltending. Jake Allen starting to show, um, you know, what Stefan Wade had talked about yeah. uh, in that he's not necessarily a, a starter anymore. Um, and uh, he's had a couple of, of, uh, of rough outings, uh, particularly uh, the one against Winnipeg, although, you know, his team came through and, and got the win for him. So we'll have Caden Primo with his second NHL start on uh, Saturday against uh, Ottawa. Um, we've got, uh, Brett Kulak, who's, hasn't played yeah. for seven games. Uh, Eric Gustafson, boy, everything, <laughs> everything that was said <laughs> about him as far as defensive play coming to fruition there, uh, had a tough game on, on, uh, Friday and, and, uh, so Kulak will be back in the lineup, uh, for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. So that'll... That'll be an interesting thing to see. Of course, there's been some that have been clamoring for Brett Kulak to return uh, to the lineup for the Canadians. Not exactly uh, sure what he had had done to that point to warrant not being in the lineup uh, with mm-hmm. Eric Gustafson passing him on the death chart. Perhaps it was just the new kid in town type of thing. But regardless, Brett Kulak back tonight. Uh, so speaking of the new kid in town, uh, that was completely, I did not intend for that to be a segue, but it nice. is, we're here now. <laughs> You're just Cole a natural. Caulfield. I just a natural at this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cole Caulfield has, uh, made his NHL debut this week. Uh, he started in, uh, in Calgary. He came onto the ice for warm up. did the rookie lap sans bucket. Uh, <laughs> the boys took the, uh, the helmet away from him. So that was, that made for a very, uh, funny clip, but Rick, we've seen the first bit of Brett of uh, excuse me uh, Cole Caulfield in the NHL, and uh, there's a lot of excitement that surrounds Cole Caulfield, of course. But uh, I think perhaps we've seen to this point he's played a few games now. There hasn't been a point that's put up on the board, and you know there was a lot of conversation before this about comparing Cole Caulfield to other guys, and I think we've seen that there, there's a maturation process that needs to be had here. But regardless. Still very exciting to see Cole Caulfield. I mean, his first shift, he had that that uh, that that shot on Jacob Markstrom that was close, but buzzed the tower a little bit of Jacob Markstrom, <laughs> perhaps a, surprised him. Yeah. But regardless, he's he's so, shown some flashes, but there's still some work that needs to be done here. Um, and particularly against the Jets, he was uh, you know firing from everywhere. And and yeah. uh, listen, he's he's brought some excitement to the lineup. Um, yeah, there's been a couple of plays where he's shown, um, you know, I can think of, of, uh, even his first game where he, he and, and, uh, Gustafson came together at, at the yeah. opposing blue line, uh, and, and he didn't show a lot of eagerness in getting back to, uh, uh, shut down the two on one that, uh, he had partly created. So uh, there's, there's things for him to work on. Uh, on on uh, all over the ice, uh, but but he's bringing that excitement. Um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> may, you know, he was sheltered uh, and and put in with uh, veterans top line his his first night out. Now, uh, I I we we talked about this in our uh, Rocket Sports Slack group about him being placed on the uh, the third line with Evans and and uh, Lekkonen. And before the game against uh, the Jets, I said how much I liked that. 
um, just because you put him with two players who are are quick uh, and quicker than him, you know, um, yeah. to be honest. Um, and two players that that are have nonstop motors that work, 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 uh, and that's a that's a good thing for him to follow. Also, on the third line, he's not meeting up with uh, you know the best players on the on the yes. typically on the opposition. Um, so we saw it was a, it was a really good fit. The three of them played really well uh, against Winnipeg, and and um, and and I expect that that will uh, continue for a while. And and you know, good for for uh, Cole Caulfield because he's having fun. Um, he's, uh, you saw him, uh, you know, on Friday calling for the puck. He wants to be involved. He wants, uh, he, he, he looks like he really wants that first goal and, um, and, and he's going to have to, it, it didn't come as quickly as it did in the AHL. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing because, uh, shows he has to, you know, it's not going to be uh, an easy transition. He has to, he has to work at it. Absolutely. And as you said, I think that this, the trio last night with, uh, and and Jake Evans, I think that that is a great place for him to be. Obviously, those two guys, in addition, as you said, to being quick, to having those nonstop motors that keep on going, the defensive responsibilities, I mean, those guys are tremendous in their own zone, and you you sort of shelter Cole Caulfield a little bit, and you also forget about what's often forgotten about, and Artur Lekkinen scored last night. I mean, those guys have offensive capabilities, too. They're not mm-hmm. completely, you know, like those are guys that can put the puck in the back of the net, that can create offense. Arturi Lekkinen is consistently part of Montreal's better possession lines. So, I mean, these are guys that can create that as well, in addition to perhaps uh, hiding <laughs> Cole Caulfield a little bit in the defensive zone. Uh, but other than that, so we've heard, as we said, we, we've talked about Cole Caulfield and we've heard all the conversation that surrounds Cole Caulfield. So let's hear from Cole Caulfield himself on making his NHL debut. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Obviously there's some nerves. Um, you know, it's, it's a dream of years growing up. So it was fun to get out there. Um, it was a fun game and, and a big win for us. The speed of the game was, I was pretty used to it. I think, um, obviously it's a, it's a jump, but, um, you know, being able to watch a bunch of games really helped me, um, you know, prepare for it. But obviously the pace is pretty quick out there. Um, you know, I found myself just continuing to get more used to it and feel more comfortable as the game went on. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And again, it was just a, it was a big win for us. Being able to be with the guys for a while, you know, really helped my, my comfort level being with them. It's a, it's a big part of transitioning to a new team and stuff. And especially, you know, the NHL. So the guys have been unbelievable and it made this transition pretty, uh, pretty easy, but, um, yeah, I mean, they've been nothing but the best to me. And, um, you know, it's a great team in the room and I'm just really happy to be a part of it. Now, he didn't get into the lineup right away. He was with the team for several days, got into practices and gained the skates, got to, um, you know, be around the guys. And, and that seems to have really helped uh, him feel comfortable, get to know the guys a bit. Uh, get to feel the pace, uh, even as he said, it was a jump uh, to get in there, and and not that this was necessarily by design. It it took some um, cap uh, juggling in order to get him in uh, to the lineup, and and it you know it it coincided with uh, some uh, injuries as well, and and uh, so. Uh, I th- I think people have to remember that uh, for right now, uh, Cole Caulfield and Jake Evans are on emergency recall. Um, so if Paul Byron or uh, Jonathan Duran come back, uh, you know they will have to go back. And the Canadians, because they've been using emergency recalls, they have one, uh, just one uh, regular season recall left, and and 
and that might have to be used for either, uh, you know, if, if everybody's coming back for, for Caulfield or Evans or Romanov. Um, and right now, the only ones who can go to the taxi squad are Byron and uh, Romanov because they were there on the day that uh, yeah. the trade deadline. Uh, we should say that, um, you know, in, in case of other emergency uh, recalls um, that uh, just on Saturday morning, uh, Ryan Paling uh, recalled to the taxi squad along yeah. with Alex Belzeal. Ryan Paling, as we talked about last week uh, on the show, having a great season, uh, just a, 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 a dominating season uh, in the the AHL, which is which is what you want to see. Absolutely. I mean, this is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, this this is exactly what you want to see in terms of the development curve from Ryan Paling. Obviously, we talked about it last week. He was the leading scorer. I mean, he's having a tremendous season as our the Laval Rocket will be getting to that in just a little bit. But uh, Rick, uh, in in some uh, unfortunate news this week, uh, Jonathan Drouin, uh, it was said that he will be taking an indefinite leave from the team. Uh, and, and Rick, it was sort of uh, bizarre and curious the way that it sort of developed in this situation because we remember that he was taking part in warm-up before last Friday's game against the Flames. Uh, and then it was announced by the Canadians he had a non-COVID-related illness and that he couldn't participate in that game. And then he missed the subsequent two games against the Flames the Saturday and Monday uh, for the same reason. And then it was announced on Wednesday uh, that he's going to be uh, taking a leave from the team to deal with some personal reasons. And, yeah, it, it's it's a bit bizarre how that all sort of unfolded. But uh, regardless, when you see the personal reasons, when you see that come up, it's always a little bit of a difficult conversation to have. Uh, and, of course, we don't know what exactly Jonathan Drouin is dealing with at the moment. Uh, but regardless, just want to send the absolute best to Jonathan Drouin for whatever it is that he's dealing with at the moment. And hope to see him back out on the ice uh, very soon, as soon as he can get back out on the ice. And uh, yeah, I think for things like this, when real life stuff happens and whatever it is for Jonathan Drouin at this moment, it's always best to be proactive about it. So good to see Jonathan Drouin dealing with whatever it is that he needs to deal with at the moment. That's right. And and I think, you know, to set the context, um, uh, as far as the play on the ice, we had seen quite a drop off. We had seen him um, fall uh, to the third line, then then was assigned, which which was yeah. kindly had that 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 was a, a sign when he was on the fourth line, and he was set to be on the fourth line again um, uh, when that news came out, um, and and we talked about it last week about his uh, disproportionate uh, response to kind of a reasonable question from Herb. Ger- uh, uh, Herb Zerkowski and and uh, um, that that certainly um, you know before that he was kind of on autopilot uh, saying words that he didn't seem to be internalizing and and so there was obviously some something going on and yeah. uh, and that all kind of evolved and and um, you know the first reports uh, he took part in the warm up as you said and the first reports out were that uh, he was over talking to. Uh, Graham Reinband, uh, the yeah. athletic therapist, and and uh, uh, 
Um, you know, usually the rental of was and the Eric Ingalls uh, are kind of plugged in. They get information directly from the Canadians. And there was talk that, that he had tweaked something during warm up and that didn't turn out to be the case. And then, as you said, uh, the Canadians reported that he had a virus of some sort, uh, non-COVID related. Uh, that didn't turn out to be the case. So, uh, you know, that's led to uh, a lot of speculation. And uh, we're not going to do that here. Uh, we're just going to report what happened and what we know f- uh, to be certain, uh, what uh, the coaching staff have revealed, which is not not a lot. Um, yeah. But I think, um, you know, what we can say is what, whatever what, whatever is on his uh, plate, uh, his collective plate, uh, personal and professional, um, he wasn't coping with it. And uh, so the best way to... Uh, to help that situation or for the team to help that situation is to remove one, uh, one thing from the, the, the plate and that is uh, playing uh, so that he could focus on um, whatever other issue this, this yeah. is that he has to deal with. And, and, uh, and that seems fair. Now, you know, the, the Canadians have said um, that uh, they would appreciate uh, his privacy, privacy be respected and I think that, you know, that refers to, um, you know, you wouldn't want uh, beat reporters tra- tracking him down or calling him or texting him or t- trying to find the privacy means uh, just let him deal with his his uh, issues. Um, it doesn't mean we can't talk about this. Uh, but when we do talk about it, uh, I think it's uh, it's important to, to talk about the kinds of things that that we know to be true. Um, yes. So, and 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 that leads us, I think, uh, to, uh, to 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 that co- news uh, uh, press conference um, uh, where Dominic Charm spoke about um, what he uh, was able to share about Jonathan Drouin. Uh, the most important thing right now is uh, uh, Joe taking care of uh, what he needs to uh, take care of. So when I hear uh, his name this morning, I don't think hockey, I think about the person. So there's things that he needs to take care of. Uh, the other thing that Dominic Descharm said is that he sat down and had a discussion with Jonathan Drouin about um, these issues and uh, it was kind of a mutual agreement that he step away from the team, that that was the best course of action uh, for him. Um, in response to um, a question, uh, Dominic Ducharme said this didn't have to do with the NHL protocol. Uh, well, he didn't, say, he, he didn't say that, sorry. He said that, uh, that, that uh, Jonathan Duran was not entered into the NHL substance abuse program. Um, you know, whether that means anything or not, uh, you know, as we know, as that casting and others that we've seen with the team, uh, the, the, it isn't reported step one and step two, I believe of that program. It isn't reported anyway. Um, but he was insistent that that was not part of this, uh, this issue. Um, other than that, uh, you know, we, we can't, uh, we can't say too much, other than it, it, um, it doesn't appear uh, that he's uh, going to be back uh, for the regular season. Uh, the Canadians took that step of, of placing him on long-term injury uh, so that they get yeah. the, the relief. Um, so, uh, and, and that has, has uh, strict kind of uh, days and, and time periods attached to that. So um, it doesn't 
appear that we're going to be seeing him for uh, some time. And maybe that's a good thing that that will help him focus on uh, the issues, the affairs that he needs to focus on. Absolutely. So, yeah, again, just uh, sending the absolute best to Jonathan Drouin and and whatever it is that that he's dealing with at this current moment. But, Rick, uh, we will move on and uh, we will have a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So, Rick, uh, the Laval Rocket, as we talked about last week, Ryan Paling having a dominant season, the Laval Rocket are having a fine, fine season, and... You know, in years past, you know, there's been a lot of, of people who have sort of clamored for the Laval Rocket or the St. John's Ice Caps at the time, you know, that they, they wanted to see them be a playoff team to make the playoffs. The Rocket are having a great season, but there will be no playoffs for the Laval Rocket. <laughs> Isn't that just, uh, you know, it's just the way things go. And I remember yeah. the last time St. John's Ice Caps, uh, I remember that series against Syracuse, a couple yeah. of... of uh, games in St. John's that were uh, could have went either way. Really? Yeah. Um, and then we caught up with them in, in Syracuse and, uh, and spent some good time with the team. That was, that was, that was, uh, you know, uh, a team that could have went uh, a little bit further, but just a great group of guys. And, and, yeah. uh, uh, but that was the last time. And uh, this year they've been having a great season. And and I think part of it is because the Canadians have approached the taxi squad a little bit different than many other teams in that, uh, you know, we've heard about it, uh, how the the um, the AHL has lost a lot of the, their, their top talent as that uh, was kind of taken off the top and sent to the taxi squads of respective teams. Um, Canadians didn't necessarily do that um, the way they've been filling the taxi squad. Um, and uh, they kept prospects like Josh Brook. They kept prospects like Kale Fleury, like Ryan Paling, uh, Yassi Alone. And, um, and all these, these players are having as well as supplementing them with like the Jordan wheels and, yeah. uh, and, and having a, a very good season. And whereas the taxi squad has been, um, you know, uh, players who, who may not have had the impact. And uh, so they've had a great season uh, just looking at, at their record now. And, and, and uh, they played 29 games. Uh, they have a record of 22, five, one and one and uh, for 46 points, but the points don't matter. It's the winning percentage and, and they're at 793. Uh, they should run away with the Canadian division. And for that, they will not make the playoffs, but they will uh, likely, and it's not final, but they will likely, uh, after their their 36-game season, uh, finish in first place and be awarded the Frank Mathers Trophy as division champions for the Canadian division this year. And Rick, I, I must commend you for doing your best Drew Carey there with the, the points don't matter. <laughs> right. uh, I like that. On whose line is it anyway? Yeah, That's I like right. that. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yes, Rick. That was good. I, a I, good I, reference. I'm, yeah, it's a great reference. I love that. Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what bothers so, yeah. me? Uh, yeah. The, the, and we talked about this before the show. The Central Division. Uh, yes. And, yeah. and the Hershey Bears are, it's funny because Frank Mathers was associated for many years with, with the Hershey Bears. The Hershey Bears are leading the North Division, and they'll get the uh, Teddy Oakey Trophy. 
And it's the Central Division with the Chicago Wolves uh, out, out to a lead who may get, who likely will get, the Sam Pollock Trophy. If any team should be getting the Sam Pollock Trophy, it should be the Laval Rebels. Anyways. I, yeah. yeah. It would make, it would, that, that'd sense, make too much sense. It? Yeah. It did just make too much sense. Uh, <laughs> but Rick, we should say to be sure to head to AHL.report and to listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal podcast to hear more uh, with yourself and Amy Johnson about the Laval Rocket uh, and all that uh, and, and the, the great work that gets done over at AHL.report with Chris G as well. So all worth uh, checking out for sure. Uh, Rick, uh, I think it's about that time because it's, it feels like it's been a while. It feels like it's been a while since we've had this because we've done episodes where this segment has been sort of throughout the entire episode. True. So we'll take the time now and have one of our favorite segments on this podcast, an audience favorite, a favorite of ours. Uh, they said what is back here in this wow. segment uh, for, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while, but we're happy to have it back. And Rick, I think it's a very interesting time to bring this segment back because the Montreal Canadiens obviously entering a stretch, uh, a stretch run here that's going to be very uh, interesting. Obviously, they're holding on to that fourth and final playoff spot right now. They are within reach. Uh, the, the Winnipeg Jets, that is, uh, in that third spot, that is within reach now for the Canadians if things you know go a certain way. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how this particular group responds because it's a mix now of... Of veteran guys and and young players uh, who have not been in this spot too many times. Uh, of course, they were in the bubble in Toronto, but they haven't been a part of a sort of a stretch run like this to solidify a playoff spot. So let's hear from them. Uh, here, we'll start with Philip Deneau, uh, and he's going to talk about uh, the challenging season that it's been. Yeah, I think definitely the hardest season uh, I've played so far, too. And uh, I don't think I would be the only one. It's 56, but it feels like 82 or plus. So, uh, uh, especially for the body, body and mentally, um, in all aspects, to be honest, no fans, um, it's hard and I don't know it's, you know, it's part of life. Everyone goes through a hard time too, like uh, different ways. So, uh, we're not complaining about it. It's just, we're just, we just know it's a harder year and, uh, we got to stick to it and push, uh, keep pushing for playoff. So he said that 56 games feels like 82. It's, it's been 49 on their way to, to 56. Yeah, yeah. But we, we get his point that it's been a challenging season um, mentally and physically uh, for the team because of the compressed schedule. Canadians not alone in that. Uh, all teams feeling that, particularly the ones who've had COVID shutdowns. Um, and the interesting thing for me there is that Philip Deneau caught himself at the end of that clip because, um, you, know, uh, you know, these are, when he talked about the, the real world, um, these are, are athletes who are, are making a lot of money and they're traveling, you know, uh, on charter flights and those kinds of things while the world is still dealing with a pandemic and, uh, and people have, have been experiencing uh, far more difficult life circumstances than than you know uh, uh, the the rigors of a of a, a national hockey league season. So I thought he he kind of he kind of gave it measure. He talked about how difficult it is for them, but then kind of he didn't go uh, uh, you know over that line because he said yeah. Uh, but we're not going to complain about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, 
when you look at it, and one of the interesting things that I that I heard out of that clip there is talking about the no fans as well, and that's an, that's something mm-hmm. that I've been wondering about with how that impacts a team in just broadly, not just the Montreal Canadiens, because you know we we saw last season the Canadians struggled mightily on home ice, and that might have had something to do with fans getting a little bit restless watching a power play that really couldn't do anything, and you know sort of we know how quickly the fan base can turn on a team when things aren't going well, but you know, that, that energy in the building is something that you have to wonder if that might've, uh, that, that could, you know, change some of the things that have happened this season. It's, it's obviously something that we'll never know, but interesting to think about nonetheless. Um, but Rick, another guy, and we talked about this off the top, Josh Anderson has become a guy in that locker room who has, uh, said some pretty interesting things post game to the media He's obviously taken on, a pretty big leadership role in, in that respect. And here he is talking about uh, showing that they deserve to be there. I don't know what to tell you. Um, just no, there's just no excuses. I mean, yeah, we got back you know, from the West on that road trip, but they looked pretty flat tonight. And uh, I, I think that we made it an easy hockey game for them. I mean, you know, these are the games that you just got to find a way to win and, and just grind through. And like I said, you just got to find a way and all come together and good things will happen. And we just didn't have a uh, full 60 minute hockey game tonight. We're we're in a position right now, um, in a playoff position. But it's I mean, it's it's not easy. I mean, you got to come out and compete for these next eight eight or so games, and um, you want to be in the playoffs. You got to deserve to be in the playoffs. So we just got to you know find ways to win. And um, I know that's you know some guys are not going to have it every night, but um, you know you just got to compete, like I said, and, and just battle together and get through it together. And uh, good things are going to happen. This, those comments were after the uh, the Wednesday night game against Toronto, yeah. uh, where the Canadians just didn't uh, didn't have it to compete against uh, the Leafs, and uh, Josh Anderson, uh, very emotional uh, as he often is, wears his heart on his sleeve. We've heard that about a different player, but it certainly can apply to Josh Anderson as well. And and uh, you know he he talked about. We don't have time for excuses. Don't talk about the schedule. Don't talk about how difficult it's been. Don't talk about coming back from a road trip. Um, it doesn't matter whether you have the inspiration, whether you have, whether you're feeling right, or you just have to get together with with your with your teammates and grind through it and battle through it together. And um, that's a, that's a, to me a leadership role and the kind of attitude that the Canadians must have as they the battle for a playoff spot, maybe even a higher, as you said, uh, a third place uh, showing, um, as as uh, which has become a possibility, as they yeah. battle for that uh, down these last few games. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's easy to look at the way that things have gone for the Montreal Canadiens, and you can make excuses and you can reason things away. But at this part in the season where the Montreal Canadiens, where they are, I mean, they have a possibility here to do something and it's about guys having that sort of mentality to go out and, and get that get those things done and Josh Anderson uh, very much of the mindset that they need to do that so of course we, we've talked about the fact the Canadians without Shea Weber last night of course as you mentioned some testing being done um, but here he is talking about something that I think everyone could uh, could benefit from hearing uh, winning doesn't have yeah, to be it was pretty. obviously uh, power play stepped up and got one, and then 
I think we just we battled. It was uh, it wasn't pretty. It was a grind, and um, everyone just st- stuck to the game plan. I think, uh, especially in the second there, we had some tough shifts where we were in our, our end for a while. But I think guys just uh, battled and uh, and found uh, found a way to win on the road. And we remember uh, he was talking about the the power play stepped up. Well, it was Shea Weber. Um, yeah. <laughs> and here's we talked about this last week. He doesn't talk about himself. Uh, so it was his blast, uh, his power play blast uh, for the goal. Um, and, and he talked about the power play uh, stepping up. Uh, but again, he kind of echoed um, uh, those comments from Josh Anderson in that, that uh, it doesn't, as you said, doesn't have to be pretty. Uh, you just have to get together and battle. And, and this stuff is going to be a grind. Uh, but that's good prep for the, for the playoffs. And, and there's going to be more games where they just have to grind it out. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to, especially late in this season. A lot of teams that are in the same situation as the Montreal Canadiens that have been feeling the grind of, of this season. Um, and Rick, uh, one thing that we've seen, uh, of course, with the addition of Eric Stahl a couple of weeks back, th- there was an opportunity that Jake Evans, through no fault of his own, I mean, he had been playing some really good hockey right up until Eric Stahl had arrived. He was somebody that looked like he had sort of earned a spot in that Canadian's lineup. And now, since he's gotten back into the lineup, uh, he has had some really nice performance as well. So here he is talking about proving that he can contribute. For me, and when that trade happened, it was it was still in my hands to, to play my game. And, and if I played well enough, hopefully I'd get those opportunities. So it's the same mindset now when I get back in the lineup is try and make sure it's, you know, it's not your last one and, and try and get that opportunity again and again. So... Uh, every game I'm going in, trying to prove myself and prove to the coaches and to the team that I can be a, a good player on this team and have a positive impact. Boy, he's been good this week. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> and and again, you wonder what, what like you were saying with Kulak, what did he des- deserve? What did Evans deserve uh, to, to be out of the lineup? Um, he's got back in and uh, you heard his attitude. He's going to show why he deserves to stay in. And he's done exactly that, whether it be uh, using his speed on the four check, whether it being his ability, we've seen his passing ability uh, yeah. make amazing <laughs> passes uh, this year. Or, um, you know, the Canadians have been struggling on the penalty kill. Um, that's that's uh, one of his uh, specialties. Uh, so he's going to do... Uh, what he can to stay in the lineup, and and uh, you know if if that third line he was centering the third line with Lekkonen and Caulfield, we talked about it before. If if they continue to play like they did Friday night, uh, Jake Evans should be in the lineup every game. Absolutely, yeah. And the Canadians, I mean, when you look at that position going forward, that center ice position, it's hard not to see uh, Jake Evans as a part of their plans going forward. The way that he has shown that he can play even going back to the bubble in Toronto, like there's obviously conversation. I know that he got, you know, had an injury as well in in, in the bubble, but I mean, he was looking like a very solid player uh, when he got, uh, when he unfortunately got hurt. But regardless, Rick, he's been doing everything since he's come up to the Montreal Canadiens. And we saw it earlier this season, scoring shorthanded goals. We saw him do a little bit of everything. And yeah, it, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't seem like he had deserved to be um, on the taxi squad or, a healthy scratch when Eric Stahl arrived, but that's just the way that things shook out for him. But he doesn't, he seems to take everything in stride. It's a mm-hmm. great thing about this guy. He's a young player, but he takes everything in stride. He learns from it. 
And uh, we remember back to as well, of course, when you talked about being on the taxi squad just to help the team, right? Like yeah. that financial, the the ramifications of that. He just wanted to help the team. He seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. So, Rick, uh, we will move on to some NHL news. Um, and, Rick, the Seattle Kraken made the final payment of their $650 million franchise fee. Wow. That is a large sum of money uh, on Friday. So they are now officially uh, a new NHL franchise, the 32nd. And the check got delivered, uh, cashed yep. and, and, and cleared. Um, so Show they, me the money. Yeah, they are they are officially the 32nd team. And, and after making that payment, um, uh, they are now uh, able to uh, sign free agents. They're able to make trades. Uh, and so uh, all the jockeying will start happening uh, for teams wanting to protect certain players in the expansion draft, and all those uh, discussions can start taking place. Um, so it's it's uh, it's it's come at a good time for the league in that all the lost revenue. Um, uh, that, that's happened. I mean, there's been good news this week uh, with respect to the sustainability of the NHL. You have this payment being made, uh, the addition of that money to the, the franchises. You have the Turner Broadcasting, yep. uh, which uh, is taking the secondary portion of the U.S. broadcasting contract. Uh, and all of those are, are positive signs um, as uh uh, leading to the financial part of it, and and uh, hopefully that uh, that will mean next season will be closer to uh, normal uh, if we can ever get back to to true normal. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means now. Yeah. Uh, but Rick, uh, in other news, uh, Patrick Waugh he's hired a new agent uh, to facilitate a return to the NHL in a coaching or management capacity, and of course, remember. His uh, stint as the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, it was it was Patrick Waugh time. It was <laughs> a lot of Patrick uh-huh. Waugh content coming in and around that time. Remember the Boudreaux thing with the Anaheim, <laughs> or was that was that Minnesota at that point? I, I can't even remember, but it was that uh, exchange between Waugh and Boudreaux on the bench, and uh, yeah, it, it's. Patrick Watt time. <laughs> stood on the bench a lot uh, yeah. rather than behind the bench. It was, um, yeah, it was fiery. It was a bit of a train wreck. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and and as you said, all about Patrick Watt. Now, listen, he's he's got new representation, uh, PBI Sports, uh, represented by Neil Glassberg. And, and Glassberg says that uh, Patrick doesn't want much, just wants to get back in. At the ground level, you know, maybe as yeah. president of hockey operations, <laughs> uh, maybe as GM, maybe as, yeah. as head coach. And, of course, that bomb dropped in the middle of Hab's Twitter and, and people went yeah. uh, absolutely crazy. Um, we'll talk about it more in the third segment, uh, but uh, let's hope that... Uh, We've seen what the Patrick Waugh show. Listen, nothing against Patrick Waugh, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. And, Absolutely. And loved him, but uh, not one of the greatest uh, mm. executives or coaches of all time. <laughs> so um, let's hope that uh, saner heads prevail, uh, particularly yeah. uh, with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. 
Yeah, I think it'd be be wise to think with the head, not the heart on this yeah, one. But yeah. uh, regardless, Rick, we'll move on. Uh, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to have an interesting conversation about a dilemma facing Montreal Canadiens fans right now and the negative effects of Habs success. We'll be back after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen 19. With me in studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, um, this week we're going to have a bit of a different conversation for our big topic, and I think it's a conversation that most Habs fans have probably had at this point in time because the Canadians have been clinging on for dear life by the, by the, the, by their fingernails to that fourth and final playoff spot for a while. It's only now that that third spot has come into view a little bit for the Montreal Canadians. The struggles of the Winnipeg Jets uh, of late have contributed to that, but it's there. It's within reach four points. I mean, it is there, but it doesn't seem likely that the Canadians overtake the Jets. Maybe they do, but at this point, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I think that that's a possibility. But regardless, I think Habs fans have had a conversation with uh, with other Habs fans amongst themselves that perhaps it might be better for the Canadians to lose out on that playoff spot for the Calgary Flames to overtake them. And perhaps that was more of a conversation to be had earlier in the week because, as I said, the Canadians have gone on this lose one, win one, lose one, win one 
kind of pattern that's it's a bit dangerous but also a little bit confusing because you never really know where you stand or what kind of team you're going to get on a night-to-night basis so it's a little bit hard to tell at this point what the Montreal Canadiens are and that leads into a conversation about okay is it better for the Canadians to make the playoffs and sort of in a season in which they've been sort of clinging on for dear life or for them to miss and the effects of them missing bring about some much needed change? It's um, and you're right. You know, the Canadians seem set in that uh, that fourth playoff position. There's seven games left. Uh, they don't yeah. hold any games in hand anymore. Uh, for Calgary, so they have a six-point lead. Both have played 49. Um, you know, in the last 10, the Canadians are four and six. The the Calgary Flames are six and four. So that doesn't make for a lot of movement. Now, the Calgary team that we saw didn't look like a team that was going to go on a, much of a run. Uh, but if yeah. they do, and the Canadians, uh, you know, uh, uh, take a slide, uh, there's still some possibilities. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, but it's it's the expectations that were set. The expectations were set pretty high uh, by Mark Bergevin at this. Uh, I mean, he raved about this team that he put together. Yeah. He talked about the the depth. He talked about filling holes. He talked about. Um, you know, uh, proudly spending to the cap, and and uh, and and certainly he's he's uh, he made some uh, good moves in the off season. But we have to remember where the team started, and that was uh, uh, you know setting aside that they they had a gift into the the playoffs uh, last year or into the play in round. They earned the playoffs through, yeah. uh, through Carey Price's play, uh, but they were the twenty fourth place team. And now they've jumped up, and at the beginning of the season, with a great start, people were talking, you know, seven, one, and two. Uh, people talking about being able to challenge the the Toronto Maple Leafs for the division title, and and uh, so on and so on. And right now, the Canadians are seventeenth. Now, in a normal season, that wouldn't be good enough for for the playoffs either. Now, because of the division makeup, they might get another gift uh, to get yeah. into uh, the playoffs when they don't necessarily belong but you kind of wonder with all of these expectations that have been set up and and we saw Mark Bergevin get kind of panicky and and uh, and and fired Claude Julian fired uh, Kirk Muller fired Stefan Waite uh he 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 and and brought in some uh some experience at the trade deadline uh, and in doing so, kind of upset his his cap situation again, and and that's led to problems with cap. We we know the story. We know the story. So if this goes sideways, if 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 uh, they do slide and 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 miss the playoffs, if they do, um, uh, you know, get bounced rather easily in the first round by the Toronto Maple Leafs, then what's the story going to be? What 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 is the explanation going to be? Uh, for why the season went sideways. Yeah, and as I said earlier in the show, uh, there are many things that you could sort of point to uh, for why things have gone the way that they have. And one of them is one that we saw last year is 
the fact that you've dealt with some injuries this season. But I mean, when you look around the North Division, I mean, the, you can look at the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Patterson's been out for a good portion of this season. Yeah. So there are teams that have been dealing with that. That's a part of professional sports that you just have to deal with. And when the Canadians brought in guys like Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson, who, by the way, basically have played you know, with, with the, a couple of exceptions, they've played a lot of the games for the Montreal Canadiens. They've been in mm-hmm. basically all of them, and that you've had at least one of them. And uh, sometimes the other one's out, sometimes he's not, whatever the case might be. The Canadians have largely, you know, been, been pretty good in terms of the new additions of this team that were brought in to supplement the core group if the core guys got hurt. Because we knew that Brendan Gallagher, we knew that if Brendan Gallagher at any point this season took a shot to the hand, that he was likely going to have to miss some time. We knew the risk involved with that, that Brendan Gallagher might be a little bit more susceptible to injury if that were to happen. And sure enough, it did happen, and now he's out for an extended period of time. So you bring in guys like Defoley and Anderson so that when injuries happen, you're prepared for it. The other part of it, of course, is the COVID aspect of it. And Rick, there's been a law, uh, sort of an effort to sort of paint the picture of how grueling that this schedule is. And, and of course it is, Of obviously. You know, when you have that week that you are without playing games, you have to add it on to the end of the season, it's going to make for a grueling schedule. But other teams have had to deal with that too. It, it's just something that unfortunately is a side effect of this season that you needed to sort of understand was a possibility if you got to that point. The Canadians looked early on after that week off like they were going to benefit from that rest. You know, we remember the Edmonton game, they came out flying, and they looked a little bit better at the beginning of that stretch. But things sort of go off the rails, and I understand the compressed schedule. They've been playing four games most weeks, right? Like, it's, it's a lot of hockey that they've been playing, and there's been an effort to sort of create that message as a way to say this is why things have gone the way that they have this season. But as you said, the bar was set so high. The bar was put at the, at the absolute peak that this is a team that has the capabilities. Remember Mark Bergevin saying they can play with anyone, any way that you want to play. This team was capable of doing that. So that's what he said. That was where the bar was set. And so the fact that the Canadians have not been able to live up to that has left a bit of a sour taste in some mouths. For sure. And, um, you know, you wonder how the Canadians are going to respond to that. And uh, I think we got kind of a a tease uh, of of that uh, from Dominic Descharmes this week. We have 20 guys in the lineup tonight that will be wearing their jersey and will fight for for the win. And uh, I know it is a challenging year. There is not uh, one player right now there's not one former player right now there's not a coach there's not a former coach nobody's been uh through uh, uh, 25 games in 43 days schedule going coast to coast never happened in the, in the hockey now pardon the plosives there and and yeah. and we'll get him a pop filter for for next week but um <laughs> hear what he said there and it's very important because those words aren't coming from Dominic Ducharme. I guarantee you, this is something that the Canadians have sat around, and the marketing, the communications folks, Paul Wilson has been in on this. They're market testing a message here. 
Uh, and that message is, and, and if you didn't get it because of, of the mic <laughs> issues, um, no team on the planet in the history of the great game of hockey has played 25 games in 43 days. Um, now, you know, when you're on, you're, you're playing road hockey, I'm, I'm sure there was, there was many days that, that you were yeah. playing you yeah, know, or absolutely. on your neighborhood rink. But anyway, the, the point is, he, <laughs> he said, there's no player, there's no coach, there's no team who has ever um, uh, played 25 games in 43 days and, because this, this kind of eliminates the road hockey people, yeah. and has traveled coast to coast. Um, and so... Uh, you see that 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 uh, the communications people, Mark Bergevin, they're trying to to test this, trying to say that they're in a completely unique situation, not only with every other team in the league, but in history, this yeah. has never happened before. And so the excuse will be so. I guess that means that that um, Mark Bergevin has to return. I guess that means that that Dominic Ducharme, that interim tag has to be removed. And uh, have they earned it? Because by the you know looking at the performance of the team, not necessarily. I don't you know it's it's hard to make a case for that interim tag yeah. to be removed from Dom Ducharme based on the performance. It's hard to make a case for expectations having been met uh, that Mark Bergevin set himself. But if you if you provide the right excuse, can Jeff Molson bring those people back? And I think that's what's happening here. And and we saw this week that the Canadians uh, fans and and certain I I started getting start getting messages, start getting emails, um, and and the Canadians fans are are kind of saying, well, listen, if they're going to be unreasonable about this. And that's kind of what it seems in these 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 crazy excuses, these narratives that they're going to design uh, to explain away their season. Then they have to they have to miss the playoffs for real change to happen. They have to they have to lose every game for real change to happen. And you know we saw uh, our our colleague Ben Danku. He brought this to our our Slack group and said, "I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that the Canadians fans are in a real dilemma." Um, they're they're having they want to cheer for their team, but they're looking at the big picture and they want the best for their team in the long run. So they've started to think about maybe it's best for the Canadians to lose in order to win in the long term. If the team's going to be unreasonable about the reasons for uh, making change, then maybe we have to start cheering for losses, and that puts the Canadians fans in a really tough position. And uh, you know, I think if 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 Jeff Molson was being reasonable um, and evaluating this on on merit, you wouldn't see these this crazy dilemma, these this this guilt that some uh, Canadians fans are feeling uh, that they have to in order to get what they want, which is a Stanley Cup. I mean, we should everybody, everybody, including Jeff Molson, should want that uh, that they have to start cheering for losses. And that's a tough. For any sports fan, that's a tough yeah. thing to do to cheer against your team. Absolutely. And and look, I think this is a conversation that in recent weeks I've began having more and more of with with people, with guys, with people that I uh, talk with about the Montreal Canadiens with my dad even. And and this is something that you think about 
perhaps is it worth losing the battle to win the war? Mm. Is that is this exactly what you need to happen? Are the Montreal Canadiens a team right now that if if even if they do get there, you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. We saw what happened on Wednesday night. Yes, the Canadians have beaten them a couple times this season. One of those games, Carey Price for 40 minutes just said, okay, guys, I got this. You don't need to do anything. I'm here. We're going to win this game. That's basically what happened in one of those wins. So if you're going to need that to happen a handful of times for the Montreal Canadiens to actually win a playoff series, which, by the way, it's not about getting to the playoffs. That is not the goal. It is about actually doing something when you get there. Because, yes, the Montreal Canadiens in the bubble, they were 24th of 24 in in, in both bubbles. They got there. They beat the Penguins in the play-in because Carey Price was Carey Price. And, by the way, remember... That's why it was a best of five, not a best of three, because teams knew that Carey Price himself just alone could make the difference for the Montreal Canadiens to get there. It still didn't matter. He still got them into the playoffs, but they didn't do anything when they got there. That was the first round of the playoffs, not the Pittsburgh. That was just the play-in. You get to Philadelphia. That's the first round of the playoffs. You didn't do anything when you got there. And understandably, I, I don't I don't think anyone was expecting the Canadians to go on a Stanley Cup run out of that season because that was just a, a season that went off the rails and you didn't really think that anything was going to come of that. But this season, when Mark Bergevin comes out, as I said, and says that this is a team that can play any way you want, that this is a team that can win in many different ways and the types of, of, of personnel that's been brought in, Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson. There's been some nice things done here. Corey Perry, some really nice things done here. But at what point do you look at what's happening and just say, well, this is just mediocrity. This is eight years of mediocrity with Mark Bergevin at the helm as the general manager. Never mind the conversation. Like there's, there's been nothing that you can look at Dominique Ducharme. You can say that he cleaned up some of the defensive play. Stefan Waite pointed that out when he got let go and he started doing some media appearances. Yes, there, there was some things that saw there, there was some change early, but things have sort of plateaued. So there's really nothing that you can say about Dominique Ducharme at this point that, that he's merited to have that, interim tag removed at at this point in time there hasn't been anything that's been shown but Mark Bergevin is the big one and Mark Bergevin this offseason he did a lot of things he made a lot of noise how's it worked out not not as well as you'd like it's worked out okay I mean they got off to a great start they 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 were you know averaging the most rush opportunities per game teams figured that out and the offense went dry and the team hadn't been able to perform So when you look at that, the way things have gone off the rails again this season, and they've been mired in, I mean, last week it was they lost three of their last 10. They've gone three and three in their last six games. They're they're a middling team. That's the worst possible place to be as a franchise, to be right in the middle. If you're caught in the middle, you're not doing one thing or the other, then what are you doing? If it's not about getting a franchise-altering player in the draft, it's about winning the Stanley Cup, and the Canadians consistently get caught in the middle on that. And that's something that that needs to change. And the only way to change that, because what's going to happen here is they're either going to make the playoffs, which seems most likely at this point, and lose in the first round again, or they're going to miss, and there's going to be actual tangible change to what's going on. And that's the thing that Canadians fans, I think, are starving for more than anything else is something to actually change to go from being a middling franchise 
to either one or the other because they have to make up their mind on what they're trying to do here. And with Carey Price and Shea Weber, you have a chance. There's still a chance that remains to do something with that. They just need somebody to come in and actually do it. No, absolutely. And it's 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 frustrating for fans. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you're in that position, if you're in the position of of um, wanting something bigger, wanting something more long term, uh, then then uh, don't feel bad <laughs> from what we've heard from. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're getting we're getting that from all over. So uh, don't think that that you're alone. And I think. You know, uh, for for uh, Jeff Molson, we and and uh, I, I I go back to that. Uh, you know, Elliot Friedman had a, a theory about uh, Svechnikov. Um, uh, sorry, uh, not Svechnikov. Aho. Um, that that, yeah. that 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 offer sheet was was uh, tepid uh, because uh, they were they were avoiding. Uh, success, avoiding setting expectations. They didn't want to set expectations. They want to be in that middle ground because that keeps people looking forward to year after year. And I even remember way back uh, to when Kevin Gilmore was was president and he talked about the fanaticism of fans uh, and that the, 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 the team really dug into that. And and tried to make that connection so that you know when when David Dayarnay was going on the ice that that they could in, in uh, kind of evoke emotions of Yvonne Cornway, and and you know there it wasn't the the ties necessarily to a, a next Stanley Cup but ties to the past, and, and now and 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 uh, he talked about. Uh, why would we want to win a Stanley Cup? Because once you 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 win the Stanley Cup, the fans have lost that pursuit. There's a fall off in the next year in in revenues. And I thought uh, I'm 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 dealing with this all wrong. I'm thinking that that Jeff Molson uh, really wants a, a, another Stanley Cup ring, but what they want is success in in the bottom line, and they get yeah. that. They've gotten that every year. One of the the richest, uh, the top two or three richest uh, franchise in the NHL, and they stay there because fans are always looking towards next year, uh, and that's frustrating to 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 know that uh, your your the team that you follow uh, doesn't have as its its sole goal winning the Stanley Cup, and I think that there's enough fans out there. Uh, that are saying enough. We want a Stanley Cup, and we're willing to put up with losses right now to get it. And that's what we're hearing so much from this year, more than any other year, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's just—I don't really know if I understand where Kevin Gilmore was coming from on that, because having just experienced being part of a fan base that had won a championship in the Toronto Raptors in 2019. And seeing the way that people, I mean, year, the the following year, last season, merchandise sales all over the place, man. Like the, the people were buying up whatever they possibly could get of like championship memorabilia like that to win a championship in the social media age. I think that's a different ball game. I think that's a different ball game, right? Like, I think that that would just be next level in terms of the engagement that you get from Canadians fans, because that's something that didn't that wasn't there. That, that Twitter engagement, like. It would be, I think, next level if the Canadians yeah. managed to win a Stanley Cup 
in, you know, the coming years. That would be huge. So I don't know exactly if I agree with the idea of there being a fall off after winning a Stanley Cup. You win a Stanley Cup, that team, that that's that's a team that's held in, in, in high esteem forever, right? Like that's something that that's not going to be forgotten very soon. So I don't know if I get that. But regardless, I, I it's, it's understandable why they view it that way. But at a certain point, people are going to see through that. And I think we're, we're at that point now where people are starting to see through this idea yeah. that the Canadians want to be exactly where they are, that they want to be in this spot where hope is always springing eternal but never really coming home to roost. So that is something that I think that we are at a point where, yeah, people are frustrated. It's, it's a frustrating spot to be. So if you're frustrated, if you're feeling this, if you're, you've been cheering for losses, you're not alone. And uh, we just wanted to have that discussion because we've been hearing so much of it lately uh, to let fans know that. Uh, and, and listen, if, if you can't bring yourself to, to cheer against the, the team, we understand that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I could ever cheer for the Canadians to lose to the Boston, uh, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't, anyway, no. I, 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 we see both, um, and, and maybe more equally this, this, um, this season, uh, than we've seen it before. We're, we just wanted to uh, raise the, raise, uh, the, the conversation because, uh, it's been, it's been all over the place, uh, yeah. recently. Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the remaining games go for the Montreal Canadiens. They are in; they seem to be in a good spot to solidify a playoff spot and you know get more experience. And I think if you're looking for anything, and I wrote this in one of my weekly columns earlier in the season, the beacons of hope are guys like Nick Suzuki and Alexander Romanov and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And the way that Nick Suzuki's been producing lately, that's where your hope comes from if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. So there's always that to look at. Uh, but Rick, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to be discussing in all Habs, the Hockey Podcast Network, DraftKings jersey contest that's going on on social media. We're going to get to the question of the week and an all Habs fantasy hockey update. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. 
In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 134 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, this week we are, as you mentioned off the top of the show, we are in a heated battle uh, for fantasy hockey in the championship semifinals uh, this week uh, for fantasy hockey. I am currently leading you six to five uh and and rick i should add because it's been a while since we've sort of discussed fantasy hockey and the standings and the way that things are are, you know sort of Mm -hmm. shaking out right now uh i i'm first in my division i I am first in my division i'm third in the league because of that though this has been a down year for me i only have 170 points uh you on the other hand you're second in the league and first in your division with 194 points. So there's a little bit of a, you know, there's, it's, you would think that on paper, right, that you might have the advantage here, and yet here I am up six to five. <laughs> well, and and yes, you'd think that. I've had, my week has been uh, marred by injury, and uh, yeah. as I shared, uh, not, not, uh, not that I'm complaining, but as I shared, nope. I ran out of IR uh, plus spots. Uh, so that uh, I've got more injuries than uh, spots available. So I've been trying to plug holes here and there. Uh, the the uh, semifinal has gone back and forth, usually within a point. T- today will, I don't know that there's many games tomorrow, but I think uh, today will decide yeah. it. And um, uh, in the other semifinal, we have uh, BZ, the commissioner, Brian, our dear friend Brian against Mike. Um, and uh, I think that one, can we say it's over? I, I think it's over. It's I think it's safe nothing. to say. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that Brian uh, waved the white flag by uh, changing his name in, <laughs> in fantasy. Um, it's, the, the thing is that this year, um, I think, has been, been the best. We, we've been doing uh, fantasy sports with All Habs for, about, for over 10 years, and I think this has been the best, most fun, most active uh, and competitive season, and and uh, it's led to some some great fun, some yeah. some great rivalries, and and all of our rocket sports uh, folks, uh, most of them are are involved in in the um, in the league, as well as we have some fans that have been in there, uh, you know, along the way, and we have a great time with this. And uh, and listen, if you want to be involved, uh, we have uh, more than one one league. Uh, in in fantasy uh, football and fantasy hockey, and uh, just uh, reach out to us on on uh, social media, and we'll try to get you involved for the next installment of uh, All Habs Fantasy Sports, and and uh, we'll let you know next week. 
as long as things go the right way, the right yes. way, we'll be talking yeah. about this again next week. I, I I think I understand what you're saying here. So uh, <laughs> we'll 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 see what we'll see how it happens. We'll see how it happens out uh, and, and see who ends up in the. Uh, in the championship final. Speaking um, of BZ, yeah. um, uh, Brian, uh, the commissioner uh, of our fantasy, he made there was a special request that he made, and uh, and we uh, like to honor our special requests. And uh, you had posted this week on Twitter that, uh, of course, a couple weeks back you had uh, you had academic uh, duties yes. to take care of, and and uh, the very capable Amy Johnson stepped in in the co-hosting role. And um, and you wrote your exams, and this week you posted on Twitter that uh, marks were uh, much better than you expected, and and yeah. he said, "Well, <laughs> let's have a live reveal on the podcast yeah. of Joseph's grades." Does that I, I seem like a good idea? I think it's only fair. I think it's only fair, <laughs> given that I missed a week uh, that I that I have to do that. But yeah, I mean, they, as you said, they're better than expected. Uh, 70, 74 and 84, which I'll gladly take. I will Tremendous. gladly take those marks and uh, along with my degree. And uh, and that's, yes, congratulations. That's all she wrote on that. Convocation Thank you very coming much. up. Uh, virtually. Virtual yes, convocation but, uh, coming virtual up. Virtual convocation coming up. And I think. Uh, I think I'm, I'm happier about that than uh, than walking across <laughs> the stage. I, I have to I have to say maybe if I don't know if I should have said that then, but uh, regardless, <laughs> I'm happy to have my degree nonetheless. Well, congratulations! Uh, it's, it's been uh, it's been yeah five years. Wow, that's mm. that's crazy. But Rick, I should say uh, we should move on to the question of the week, which uh, is simply, would you like to see Patrick Waugh as the coach or the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens? Now, um, we, I, I won't go into reading our Facebook. We, we had lots of responses, and you're welcome to give mm-hmm. your responses. Go to the All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. Uh, tweet us on Twitter uh, if you'd like to answer the question. And I think for the most part, people, as you said, thinking very thinking with their hearts, thinking romantically about Patrick Waugh and what he meant to the organization in his playing days and, and uh, are not necessarily thinking with their heads. And... And the majority, I think, um, and and maybe they didn't, uh, they haven't kept up with uh, Patrick Waugh since he left, uh, you know, the the his playing days, and and uh, yeah. they don't know the tumultuous uh, uh, career that he's had in in uh, yeah. in coaching. So, um, I think the majority would would welcome him back. I think there's a few astute people who uh, on the on the the Facebook group who have said, you know, we we can't do this. To uh, yeah. <laughs> we we can't do this. This would be a crazy move to make, and and I think we would agree with that sentiment. Yeah, it's it's just not a road that I think is is worth going down if you're the Montreal Canadiens uh, at this point in time. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we will also mention as well, as we talked about DraftKings off the top and our affiliation with the Hockey Podcast Network, we have a jersey contest currently ongoing on Twitter. Now, we've been involved with a couple of jersey contests with the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings uh, where we've been competing against other podcasts. Well, we wanted our own uh we wanted our own, uh, for our own fans, uh, a, a contest. So this contest is running just this weekend, uh, the Friday game, the Saturday game, and the Monday game, uh, and it's a first goal contest. So if you predict correctly uh, the Canadians player who's going to score the first goal and and respond to the, uh, the Twitter post uh, for those three games, 
if you re respond correctly, your name goes into a draw. All uh, correct um, uh, responses go into that draw as long as you you correctly respond and retweet that post. Um, and then uh, and on May 5th, we will be drawing a name uh, from those winners to award the grand prize winner, and that's uh, a Montreal Canadiens jersey. Thanks to DraftKings. Thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network that helped us set this up. Absolutely. And so, yeah, definitely want to uh, be involved in that. You want to walk away with a Montreal Canadiens jersey, get a chance to walk away uh, with a Montreal Canadiens jersey. Um, so, Rick, the coming week for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, it's going to see a lot of Ontario teams. <laughs> You're going to be going up against the Ottawa Senators tonight. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs on the third. Then you're back in, in uh, well, you're in Ottawa facing the Senators on the fifth. And then the Maple Leafs on the sixth. So uh, quite a bit of, of Ontario teams this week for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm -hmm. And uh, pursuit of uh, that uh, locking up a playoff position, the fourth yeah. playoff position, and maybe uh, given the six-game slide of the, the Winnipeg Jets, something a little bit loftier. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, and two games against the Ottawa Senators and uh, comes down to the Montreal Canadi Canadiens handling their business against the yeah. Ottawa Senators, which has been a little bit of a difficult thing for them to do this season. Uh, the two games against Toronto, we'll see how those go, given the uh, recent 4-1 loss that they had at the hands of the Leafs. But hey, it's it's that time of year. Their teams have to, as Josh Anderson said, not make excuses, step out on the ice and deliver. And that's something the Canadians will need to do uh, as they close out their schedule. So before we go, we're just else? going to remind yeah. everybody to subscribe. We saw a week or so ago with uh, some problems with uh, Apple. We've this past week, some problems with Spotify. You know how you can avoid all those problems is by subscribing that way. Subscribe to the Canadians Connection. And that way uh, you will be notified when we have a new episode. And that uh, comes out every Saturday, uh, usually just after 3 Eastern, 4.30 Newfoundland time. And subscribe if you could. Uh, share our, our, uh, our uh, episodes and so that uh, your friends and fellow Canadians fans can find the podcast as well. Absolutely. And Rick, will be right back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens and seeing how the stretch drive towards the playoffs is going for the Canadians. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.